NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man who was very, very close to becoming the king of Australia. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain. I got my Vegemite sandwich. It's good to be seen and good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Today, we are still sipping on this warm hand splash by the fine folks over at Dancing Gnome Brewery. This is a double delicious I to the P to the A, ABV, 8% garage grade, four and a half bottle caps out of five. Cheers to the peeps over at Dancing Gnome Brewery and cheers to super fans Mike and Melissa in Pittsburgh. Mike and Melissa brought us some beers at our live event last month. So a double cheers to Mike and Melissa. A big cheers to Megan in Fort Irwin, California. And here we go, Captain. We have a cheers to William in North Glen, Colorado. And last but certainly not least, we have Mike and Kaylee in Canton, Ohio. Everyone we just mentioned, well, they helped us out with this week's beer run. And for that, we're going to thank you. Yeah. in beer run. For everything true crime, check out our website, truecrimegarage.com. We have a beautiful store page, and you can support the show and get something in return. It's a win-win. So what are you waiting for? Head down to truecrimegarage.com and pick you up something fancy. And Colonel, that is enough of the business. All right, everybody, gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. In part one, we discuss the disappearance of 34-year-old Micah Holsenbake, the disappearance of 20-year-old Bailey Despot, and the drive-by shooting of murder victim, age 38, James Colstead. Two missing, one killed, all within 33 days of another. The families of the three were united. 
drawing media attention and working with police. In mid-2019, police said the cases were in fact connected. After the horrific discovery of the arm inside the duffel bag, murder victim Micah, his father Lance Holsenbake, said that the family thought that they would feel better once they knew what happened to Micah, but the knowledge that he was dismembered was hard to take. His mother Cheryl said, quote, really difficult to not only know that your child was killed, but that someone thought so little of them that they dismembered them and threw them out like trash. The other question is they're not able to tell us whether he was dismembered when he was alive or post-mortem. One year after she last heard from her daughter Bailey, Jane said, quote, I cry more. I go to counseling. It's just hard not knowing where your kid is and thinking she's possibly chopped up like Micah, end quote. And James's mother said that the three moms had become very close during their time together and they lifted each other up. The three had lobbied the Kern County Board of Supervisors to fund the secret witness program of the Kern County Sheriff's Office to facilitate anonymous tips. Jane was determined to find her daughter Bailey and suspicious of Bailey's boyfriend that she was living with, Matthew Queen. Jane was right to be concerned and suspicious. As just mentioned, Queen had two pending criminal cases against him at this time, and both were for being a felon in possession of a firearm. These charges were brought after Bailey and Micah disappeared, and he would soon rack up more charges. Well, let's take a look at what one FBI profiler said about this case. Yes, Captain. As we mentioned, an episode of Dr. Phil of the Dr. Phil show, which aired in January 2019, brought national attention to the Bakersfield 3 case. Now, a former FBI profiler named Candace DeLong addressed the case positing that one person killed Micah and was also involved in Bailey's disappearance and someone else connected to that same killer shot James. Quote, there is a connection between the three. They ran in the same circles. They knew some of the other parties involved and those other parties were involved in criminal behavior, gun running, illegal gun sales, and drug sales, end quote. That's what DeLong said. She also said that she believed Bailey knew what happened to Micah, and that in turn put her in danger. The same man probably ordered the hit on James. Ms. DeLong must have had inside information because her profile of the killer was eerily accurate. She said he was a white male, 35 to 40, who cohabits with a woman and also has kids. Quote, he's a violent guy and people know that. He's a scary guy. He's also smart and dangerous. End quote. He likely drives a macho car. Well, I'm no expert. I'm just a captain, but it sounds to me as if the profiler is describing Matthew Queen. I think that's spot on, my friend. By January 2019, some information started to trickle out about the Bakersfield 3 case, which was being worked by Bakersfield Police Department at the time with the assistance of the Kearns County Sheriff's Office. So in June of 2018, the Sheriff's Office executed a search warrant. 
The news agency KGET reported that the search warrant revealed that law enforcement was investigating Bailey, Micah, and Matthew Queen, as well as three others for manufacturing and selling illegal guns. Remember, Micah had told his dad that he was providing guns for people Mm -hmm. before he went missing. James was shot and killed, leaving the home of a doctor who was arrested on illegal gun charges. Bailey had been arrested with Matthew Queen in December of 2017 on gun charges, the guns that were found in Matthew Queen's vehicle when they were pulled over. It was beginning to look like one big gun conspiracy for the Bakersfield Three. Jane told KGET, quote, the stuff they were involved in, these people know. They all know each other. It's a big circle of criminal activity over here in Rosedale. In July of 2019, your boy, Matthew Queen, Captain, was arrested again. Charges unrelated to Bailey, but these are still very serious and scary charges. They were kidnapping, burglary, manufacturing an assault weapon, possession of a firearm by a felon, and resisting arrest. And those weren't all. There were also charges of assault on a person with force causing great bodily injury, making threats with intent to terrorize, and brandishing a deadly weapon other than a firearm. That last charge is particularly frightening to me. I don't know exactly what that means. But here's a rundown of that incident, Captain. While out on bail, he's already in trouble. Now he's out on bail and he's still up to no good. After the December 2017 gun arrest, in January, Matthew Queen and two others went to the home of Caleb Sealer. Sealer was involved in illegal gun manufacturing and drug dealing along with Matthew Queen. Matthew Queen and his cronies were granted access to the home by Sealer's roommate. Somehow they either pushed their way in or the roommate let them in. My guess here, Captain, is that the roommate felt extremely threatened or saw guns and said, you know what, I'm not getting killed today. Matthew Queen is wearing a bulletproof vest. He's now in Sealer's room, Caleb Sealer's bedroom. Right. And he's waving a gun and yelling. Sealer... When Matthew Queen walks into this room is actually asleep with his girlfriend. So he starts to wake up. He wakes up to see this dude and a couple guys with him. Matthew Queen's in a bulletproof vest, waving a gun and shouting threats at him and his girlfriend. Matthew Queen accused Caleb Sealer of snitching to the cops about Queen's possessing guns, resulting in the December arrest. So here's one thing that's really would be very interesting to know about this story because this situation of Matthew queen and Bailey despot getting pulled over in that car and all those guns being found in the vehicle seems to be a really big kicking off point or one of the kicking off points in this whole case, right? The information I would like to know, and I know this is probably going to come out sooner rather than later. And we'll get into that here in a minute. But the information I would like to know is why were they pulled over? Why was that vehicle pulled over? Because it's pulling them over that leads the cops to finding all those guns in the car. Now, we have to look at this through Matthew's perspective. Matthew Queen, he, again, 
is either paranoid because he's up to all this criminal activity or paranoid because of the criminal activity and drugs. It, it gets very difficult to say, but what, what the issue is here, captain, is that we don't know why that vehicle was pulled over. And I would love to know why, because Matthew queen seems to believe that his car was targeted and he was targeted because somebody snitched on him that ratted him out that, Hey, this guy's got all these illegal guns. And maybe they just pulled him over willy nilly or found a reason to pull him over because they knew guns were inside. Yeah. If, if, if somebody calls in a tip to law enforcement, yes, you can't just, they, they can't just go pull over that vehicle, but they can follow you and they can nitpick any little thing that you do wrong. Oh, you, you turned and you didn't use your turn signal. Oh, we thought you got a little too close to that curb. You're not wearing your seatbelt. Right. You sneeze the wrong way. Yeah, you're picking your nose a little too deep. So, again, it would be interesting to find out why he was pulled over because that whole incident is what leads us to this portion of our story where he's now in this Caleb Sealer's bedroom waving a gun, wearing a bulletproof vest, threatening this dude. It's because he accuses Caleb of snitching to the cops about him possessing guns. That resulting in his December arrest. He also accused Caleb of ratting him out about the location of a gun safe. He then forced Caleb into a Chevy Silverado at gunpoint where Matthew Queen sat behind him holding a gun to his head during the drive. And per Bakersfield.com, one of the victim's roommates said he looked scared to death. That Caleb looked scared to death as he was forced into this Chevy Silverado. It's said that they drove around the city with Matthew Queen interrogating Caleb about all kinds of different things, threatening him and saying things like he was going to smoke him right now. One topic that seemed to be of concern to Matthew Queen was the identity of an individual whose name was redacted in police reports. Matthew Queen had these police reports in his hand while he's in the back of the Silverado gun to Caleb's head. Right. threatening him he's got the police report and it says who snitched on him but that name has been blacked out he can't see who snitched on him well he's of the belief that caleb possibly could have been the person whose name was blacked out from those police reports matthew queen tells caleb that the snitch could only have been one of two people it was either him caleb or it was who he was then referring to as his ex-girlfriend, Bailey. Right. So they eventually drove to the river. On a van down by the river. And Matthew Queen forced Caleb to walk into the river with the gun muzzle pressed against his head. But for whatever reason, Matthew didn't shoot Caleb. It's not clear why he would let him go, but first he took the cell phone batteries from both Caleb and his girlfriend. Remember she was in the, the bedroom with Caleb. He took the cell phone batteries out of both of their cell phones. Caleb, this guy, he was so scared. He later told investigators that the two of them left town. He and his girlfriend just left town. He stated that he did not want to stay in Bakersfield for any reason at all, because he was afraid of what Matthew queen could do to him. This is a scary situation, right? 
and this and this information is going to get back to law enforcement. Yeah, somehow it's not clear who reported it. I have a hard time believing that it would be Caleb or the girlfriend because they clearly just wanted to get out of Dodge. And it may be fact, it may be the truth that somebody else filed this report and later police found Caleb and or the girlfriend and interviewed them at that time. But somehow this whole kidnapping, threatening to kill Caleb story makes its way to the police. And in July, the police decide, well, we're going to go talk to this Matthew Queen guy about this specific incident. So when they showed up at a construction site that Matthew Queen was working at, he sees police. He decides to run. He's jumping fences and scrambling over obstacles. We have uh, pieces of the charging documents here that say he, being Matthew, disregarded numerous commands from officers, climbed over several fences onto the roof of a business, and ultimately entered the river where he continued to ignore officers' commands for more than one hour. It almost sounds like a little bit of a standoff here, right, Captain? So this Matthew guy, he's he literally jumped into the river and he's clinging to one of those concrete pillars. Later, charging documents allege that while resisting arrest, he tried to, he's like egging the officers on, trying to get them to shoot him. Well, come on. If Queen was a black man, they would have shot him when he first started running and jumping those fence. And now he's taunting them. There should be like a taunting penalty like there is in the NFL. You taunt the police too much, they get to hit you with their billy clubs. This Matthew Queen is a, a lunatic. Yes, yes, a lunatic and, and amongst other things as well. Now, Matthew Queen knew that he was cornered. He eventually surrenders in this situation. Afterward, they searched his home and his car, and of course, they found a handgun like that described by Caleb. A non-registered semi-automatic rifle was also found and a loaded 30-round high-capacity magazine, and they found drugs as well. Now, as a felon, Matthew Queen was not supposed to be in possession of any guns, and he was already on bail for the December 2017 weapons arrest. This guy gets in trouble, he continues to get in trouble, and even when he's threatened with jail time, prison time, he's going to continue to get in trouble because he's a career criminal. He's a person that's just going to offend and reoffend again and again. And what we're also seeing here, Captain, is this dude is going to go and enforce amongst others. When he is threatened with punishment, he's going to threaten punishment on those that he think may have led police to him. Right. A very dangerous person because they they have nothing in their life. They have nothing to lose and they have no care in the world nor do they have any empathy for anybody or these career criminals like this. They're almost a, just a different breed of human. Right. It's almost like they're not really human at all. Right. Um, that they don't share the same brains or souls that uh, the rest of us do. So Matthew queen, he ends up being held on bail of over $1 million, thankfully on two firearm possession charges and one charge of ammo possession. More charges were piled on this in December, uh, late December, December 31st to be exact, including two counts of possession of an assault rifle 
and two counts of possession of a firearm and ammo by a felon. Police still had not charged Matthew Queen in any of the Bakersfield three cases, though, nor had they even named him as a suspect or a person of interest by this point. Now that he was locked up, they could take their time and the families felt more at ease now that they could help work the case with police and that this Matthew Queen could not hurt anyone else. Yeah, and because he's behind bars, that you also then hope that other people then come forward with more information. Yes, and it, that's when you circle back and you start questioning people that you have tried or attempted to interview before, and you're starting off the new conversation with going, you do know we have Matthew Queen in custody and he's not getting out. Now we need to talk to you about this, this, and this. Yeah, because you could give us more information that keeps him away from everybody else and keeps everybody safe and and possibly locks him up for the rest of his life. And you may, the risk of retaliation by Matthew Queen, that has diminished greatly. Now, the problem though, Captain, that the uneasy feeling that many are still going to have is clearly what we're seeing here by this point in our story, it's obvious to everyone that a lot of these people are running in these circles that involve a lot of criminal activity. And so you have Matthew Queen, who obviously seems to be some kind of enforcer, some kind of psychopath. But, you know, he might not be the only one within these circles that you need to be afraid of. So it's a really it's a, I mean, it's just really a, a horrible, horrible situation that no one would want to find themselves in the middle of. In May of 2020, there was a huge announcement from the Kern County's DA's office, a massive investigation including DNA testing, cell phone triangulation, wiretaps, prison call recordings, multiple search warrants, social media review, and scores of interviews resulted in many criminal charges. Here is the press release in its entirety. On Wednesday, May 27, 2020, District Attorney Cynthia Zimmer was joined by Bakersfield Police Department Chief Greg Terry in announcing the filing of first-degree murder charges against Matthew Queen and Bailey Despot for their alleged roles in the 2018 killing of Michael Holsenbeck, James Colstad. Michael Holsenbake and Bailey Despot have been referred to as the Bakersfield Three, as they were a group of connected people who were either killed or went missing in 2018. The murder charges are part of criminal filing that includes 34 criminal charges encompassing alleged criminal conduct that ranges from December 2017 through July of 2019. In addition to the alleged first-degree murder of Holsenbeck, Matthew Queen and Bailey Despot are both charged with a conspiracy to murder and torture Holsenbeck, as well as with the actual torture and kidnapping of Holsenbeck. Despot and Queen are also jointly charged in with the unlawful manufacturing of assault weapons, the majority of the additional charges pertain to Queen and include criminal threats, kidnapping, assault with a firearm, and other unlawful and other unlawful weapons charges. 
Although Bailey Despot has been reported missing since 2018, there is no known physical evidence that definitively confirms her possible death. As a result of the filing of charges, an arrest warrant will be issued for Bailey Despot's arrest. Matthew Queen is already in custody and will be arraigned on new charges. Some of the filed charges against Queen are duplicative of several filed cases for which he is already in custody awaiting trial. The filing of this case incorporates all of Queen's pending charges into the current filed case. District Attorney Cynthia Zimmer offered a reminder that an accused is presumed innocent until proven guilty in the court of law and commented about the dedicated work that led to the filing of charges and this extensive investigation, saying, quote, this years-long investigation was made possible by the combined efforts of the Bakersfield Police Department and the District Attorney's Office. Our common goal is to never stop searching for answers on homicide crimes, and our combined dedication to solving this case has never wavered, end quote. So this press release seems to indicate that not only do police have no clue what happened to Bailey, right? they seem to think it's possible that she is alive, that she is on the run after being an accomplice to murder, Micah's murder. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. 
when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash T-C-G. That's mintmobile.com slash T-C-G. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash T-C-G. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious, from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need to pack a lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code TrueCrimeGarage50 at Factormeals.com slash TrueCrimeGarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. We're back. Hey, Queens. Shout out to Jonathan Van Ness, one of my favorite people in the world. He's back. I'm back. Good to be back. Cheers to everybody. The other thing that we learn here, Captain, is what prosecutors are basically alleging. Well, we learn a couple things. Don't don't do drugs. Don't sell illegal weapons. Don't be friends with somebody that sells illegal weapons. Don't be friends with somebody that sells illegal drugs. 
The prosecutors are alleging that Matthew Queen procures and manufactures AR-15s using, you know, connections that he has and equipment at his disposal. Bailey's involved in being involved with him and possibly advertising that this guy's making and selling weapons. And Micah is the one that is believed to have actually sold these weapons or at least some of them. Now, this is going to bring us to another person who ultimately is a third defendant because remember, the state is charging Matthew Queen and missing Bailey Despot, both with murder charges. So those are two defendants. Right. Now we have a third defendant, and his name is Matthew Vandy Castile, who was also charged with kidnapping and conspiracy. Prosecutors allege that Vandy Castile was part of a criminal enterprise with Matthew Queen, with Micah, and with Bailey. They were illegally manufacturing guns, including AR-15s and, as you said, selling drugs. Now, when this guy was charged with conspiracy in connection with Micah's murder, well, Matthew Vandy Castile struck a deal with prosecutors. He spoke to detectives while in Wasco State Prison serving time on unrelated charges. Here's what he had to say about what happened to Micah and what happened to Bailey. This is all according to KGET, who we've cited multiple times, who we've said have done gangbusters work on this very complicated case. They found the following through court documents, and it says that Micah Holsenbake was in way over his head. He was dealing cocaine, according to informants, and he was also in debt to various dangerous groups like the Hells Angels and, air quotes, the cartels. He had made some seriously dangerous enemies. Then he allegedly stole a gun from Matthew Queen, probably, maybe even for self-protection. And then this Vandy Castile told investigators that Micah had lifted a 44 revolver off of Matthew Queen, and Queen knew about it and was pissed. Mm. One night toward the end of March 2018, Queen asked Vandy Castile if he could use his detached garage at his home. This is an apartment at 3029 North Half Moon Drive in Bakersfield. Matthew Queen and Bailey, remember she's his live-in girlfriend at this time, kidnap Micah at gunpoint. They take him to Vandy Castile's house where they had already prepared the garage for his arrival, if you will. Right. The plan here is to get information or get whatever they want from Micah, and they might have to torture him in the process to get him to confess to the gun theft and tell them what they want to know. So Bailey and Matthew Queen, they zip-tied Micah in this garage, and they're questioning him in the garage for several hours. Vandy Castile said he didn't see the victim and said as far as he knew they were just going to torture Micah to get him to talk. He didn't know that they were going to kill him, but he admitted that at one point Bailey came into the apartment where he was grabbed a paring knife and then returns to the garage. Then a second time she comes into the apartment and grabs a pair of scissors. Now here we are quoting from KGET. It says quote, eventually despot, this is Bailey 
re-entered Vandy Castile's apartment and was visibly shaken, pale as a ghost, and seemed flustered and responded to a back bedroom to change her clothing. The documents say, before Despot and Queen left, Queen told Vandy Castile that he had cleaned everything up and it was okay to go inside the garage. Vandy Castile entered the garage and noticed a red grapefruit-sized spot. The Kern Regional Crime Lab later concluded the stain tested positive for blood that was a DNA match to Micah Holsenbeck. The day after the garage incident, Vandy Castile told police Matthew Queen returned to his residence and said he needed help disposing of something. Matthew Queen had a large black plastic storage container with a yellow lid in the rear of his SUV. Vandy Castile stated he believed the storage container had a body inside, but does not know that for a fact. He told Matthew Queen he didn't want to leave his home, and so Matthew Queen leaves. Good idea, Vandy Castile. Yeah, yeah. Don't leave. Don't go help dispose. Anytime somebody says, I need help disposing of something, the answer is always no. Nope. It's got to be always no. I don't even want to know what you're disposing of. Well, some people just need to dispose of old, like, TV set or maybe some video games or some comic books or baseball cards. Unless it's a large sum of cash. Yeah. I'm not helping you dispose of it. You can dispose of it right into my account. Yeah, cha-ching. So Queen returns to Vandy Castile's residence several hours later. This is after he left, after... You know, Vandy Castile won't help him dispose of something. When he returns, this is several hours later, Matthew Queen's SUV was muddy as if he had driven it off-road. And Vandy Castile then finds out about Micah Holsenbake missing two days later. Or at least what that's what he told the police. Now, so let's be clear here. It seems certain that Vandy Castile knew more about what was going on in his garage than what he's telling police right it seems like he was either lying about the extent of his involvement or he had deliberately looked the other way while this torture and murder occurred he says at least he tells police that hey i thought they were just going to torture micah but what kind of freaking sentence is that what kind of statement is that to the police when you hear or have knowledge of torture doesn't any Psycho. Reasonable, logical. Psycho. Half-intelligent person. Psycho. Know that that could end in murder. Psycho killer. Right? You don't just go, oh, they were just they were just going to torture him for a little bit. No big deal. No, you always got to assume the possibility of that ending in murder. What if Micah or whoever the victim is doesn't tell them what they need to know or what they're looking to find out? Right. Or doesn't know the information. There you go. But police had no choice but to cut a deal with this Vandy Castile guy. And this is because they needed to secure his testimony. So without it, they might never have been able to put together a case against Matthew Queen. Now, what's weird, though, is that they also charged Bailey. According to Vandy Castile, she was equally involved as Matthew Queen in this murder. But it's odd, right? It's kind of a weird thing. Charging a missing person for murder seems as though it could be like some kind of tactic to get other jurisdictions to be on the lookout for this Bailey person, dead or alive. Uh, Or maybe they're right. Maybe they they are correct 
and she is indeed on the run, running from future charges or potential charges of murder. Or possibly running from them. Right. I mean, you just saw, we don't know what her involvement is. They they must have some kind of evidence. I don't think they would just take this individual's words. Uh, they might have fingerprints of hers. They might have her DNA. If they know she's involved in this, it's not that far out of the realm of possibility that she got spooked herself and then took off. And she knows, one, if I, if you, if I come forward, you're going to arrest me. But if I come forward, there's a possibility that somebody's going to hunt me down and torture me and murder me as well. Well, and the other thing that I got to believe too here, Captain, is you have a situation where you probably have all the circumstantial evidence against Matthew Queen for at least the murder of Micah Holsenbake. Mm-hmm. But if your if your number one weapon for putting this guy away is Vandy Castile's testimony, well, according to what he's telling you, is that he not only witnessed Matthew Queen there in his detached garage, but he also witnessed Bailey there as well. So if that's going to be your your number one avenue for putting this guy away, well, you're going to need to imply that on the other person that he's saying was present as well. Right. Because if we're going to have a jury believe his story, well, then we need to believe his story. And if we, law enforcement, believe his story, then we better be charging everyone that he's naming as guilty parties. So, of course, a warrant was issued for her arrest, for Bailey's arrest. But knowing what we know about Matthew Queen and what violent, dangerous piece of shit this guy is, piece of shit. it's really difficult for me to believe that Bailey got to walk away. I agree. And remember, we have this other guy, Caleb Sealer, who's saying, when Matthew Queen was threatening me, he had police documents. He had the incident report that had a name blacked out of the person that ratted on Matthew Queen. And this name is blacked out, and Matthew Queen is telling Caleb as he's threatening him, gun to the head, standing in the river, like, dude, all I got to do is pull this trigger, and right where you drop is right where the body will be disposed of. You will fall right into the river, and hopefully the current will take you away. That's a pretty big big threat. We have this individual saying, to police that Matthew Queen told me that the name could only be one of two people, me or Bailey. So very difficult to believe that Bailey got the opportunity to walk away here or that Matthew would let her walk away. And I think that a lot of this stuff that we've already discussed is indications that he didn't let her walk away. Well, and like you said, I mean, they're they're suspicious of her, but we have no evidence that she's still alive. They obviously don't have law enforcement doesn't have any evidence that she's dead, but that's where I'd lean towards. And you're right. They also don't seem to have evidence that she's alive either. So according to KGET, Bailey was freaked out by the murder of Micah, which she either witnessed or actively participated in. And Matthew queen was worried that maybe Bailey was going to crack and rat him out. And then we have Vandy Castile, who's going to testify against Matthew Queen. He's telling police that everyone, including Matthew Queen, believed that Bailey was a snitch and that she cooperated with law enforcement in connection with the December 2017 case, 
right. where she and Matthew Queen were arrested on those firearms charges. So this Fandy Castile guy stated that after the murder, Bailey started falling apart mentally and Matthew Queen probably thought she could not be trusted. Vandy Castile told police he believed Bailey was disposed of because she knew what had taken place in Vandy Castile's garage. Matthew Queen denied any involvement in Bailey's disappearance. And it's not just that he said, I didn't do it. He told investigators that Bailey had cartel connections through her father and that they probably did something to her. And he suspected her of working with law enforcement. He said, perhaps turning on him. But he's not saying that she went into like some witness protection program. He's saying that she had some connections with the cartel. And once everybody figured out that she uh, snitched on everybody, that somebody murdered her because of that. Exactly. He's, he's not giving any hope that she's alive. In fact, he's saying that his belief is that she's dead, but somebody else killed her. No, when you see these shows like Ozark, you just don't think this stuff is real and this is a real life case that could this could be a netflix series and a very recent case too as well and so these charging documents that we went through they contain some more information about what possibly happened to micah because remember at this point we only have the arm recovered in the duffel bag so according to some informants his body was largely dissolved in acid Others reported that he was buried somewhere outside of Taft. And remember how we said it seems likely that Vandy Castile probably knew more or was more involved than what he's telling police? Well, according to KGET, detectives searched Vandy Castile's Gmail account and found it contained searches during the week of Holson Bakes' disappearance for lie chemical formula or lie for sale. And how long does it take to dissolve a human body? Specifically, Vandy Castile or, of course, someone with access to his computer searched, how long does it take to dissolve a human body? Could you imagine being this type of individual and then deciding that you need a Gmail account? Okay, let's, uh, how about uh, guns, drugs, boats, and hoes at gmail.com? Well, these charging documents also seem to imply that Micah was not just killed over this little beef between him and Matthew Queen about a stolen gun. Rather, it seems possible that Matthew Queen was working for someone else, or at least acting on behalf of someone else when he took Micah out. And this, again, per reports, says several people told investigators that Holson Bake was dealing a large amount of cocaine, the court filings say, And a couple witnesses surmised that he was killed over drugs and that there was cartel type involvement. So, I mean, who knows how, how big this thing could get. According to several witnesses, Matthew queen had quite the reputation. (laughs) That's, (laughs) I mean, I think it goes without saying at this point statement, right? I guess he was known as the boogeyman of Bakersfield booger. Everyone agreed that he was dangerous, terrifying, and not to be messed with. And ABC 23 reports that witnesses told investigators that Micah was afraid of Matthew Queen and that Matthew Queen may have kidnapped and threatened Micah in the past before he was kidnapped, tortured, and then murdered. Hmm. So a separate incident. So one witness says that in early 2008, she and Micah were hanging out at her mom's house. Matthew Queen shows up, picks them up, 
But instead of driving them to his house, as I guess the plan was, he takes them to an orchard out in the sticks somewhere off of Renfro Road. For a nice date. She knew that Matthew Queen had a beef with Micah. Not only had Micah stolen a gun from him, but he also owed Matthew Queen money. Micah was worried that Queen was going to kill him, so as Queen's driving, Micah jumps out of this moving vehicle and runs away. He calls his friend, Caleb Sealer, remember him? We've already talked about him, and asked Caleb to come and pick him up, but ended up getting arrested by a passing police officer, and it's I don't know exactly what the charges were. Hmm. Micah told Caleb after this incident that Matthew Queen had kidnapped him at gunpoint. Once Micah was out of the car... Matthew Queen takes the female. We still have the girl that was with Micah. He takes her to that orchard and he forces her to her knees while pointing an AR-15 at her and asking her how she would like her child to grow up motherless. He threatened to kill her if she didn't tell him whether Bailey was faithful to him. Just days later, police allege that Bailey and, and Matthew Queen murdered and dismembered Micah. God, this this guy's a real dangerous shitbag. Well, we know that the Bakerfields three are all connected in some way, but how does James's murder, the drive-by shooting, relate to the, the other two? Right, and that's difficult because we have law enforcement that eventually do say that they believe that all three cases were related, and... You know, it it doesn't seem unlikely that Matthew Queen or someone he knew possibly took James out. But charging documents state that detectives found no evidence linking James's murder to that of Micah or to Bailey's disappearance. So this is a newer development in this case. Now, they have said that the three, of course, traveled in the same circles and knew many of the same people. So while it's still possible these charging documents clearly state that detectives found no evidence linking those two cases. Remember, Captain, that we talked about how the families were an integral part of setting up that secret witness hotline. Mm-hmm. Remember, because we have possible witnesses, we have people that know these victims, know the perpetrators that probably do not want to talk to police because either they're worried about losing their own lives, the threat of violence, or being tortured in a garage. They may be committing crimes of their own. Even if they're just lower level crimes, they may not want to have much involvement with law enforcement because of the circles they run in. Well, one thing that these documents maintain is that once the secret witness hotline was set up in the, in this case, in the Bakersfield three case, actually Matthew queen was phoning in false tips to the secret witness hotline. Right. So he's basically throwing out their misinformation and false tips and trying to lead police down different avenues that do not lead to him. And they were able to put this together based off of language that was used during the course of those tips and the times that they interviewed him, where he would use similar words, similar statements, and they were able to make that connection. And I mean, it really seems it's a little dumb, but it's also quite diabolical when you think about it. It's it's this this career criminal, this enforcer, this person that's going to retaliate against you, 
and he's going to go to all these efforts to cover up his crimes. Look at look at the efforts that were made in the Micah Holsenbake case. And that leads us back to back to Micah Holsenbake. On August 19th, 2021, another piece of this man was found. A skull was found near an overflow parking lot at Piles Boys Camp off of Henry Mayo Drive in Valencia. That's disgusting. The Santa Clara River it flows nearby. The skull was determined to belong to Micah Holsenbeck. Wow, some sick shit. And per news outlets, we have the family again stating, quote, we want to bring Micah home, but bringing him home one piece at a time is just unbearable, and it could last for years. That's his father's statement. And his father goes on to say, because every time there's something else found, it's a good thing, but it's also a very, very difficult thing. One of the things that makes this case a little more interesting to me this week is Matthew Queen. The trial of Matthew Queen is basically happening as we speak. Yes, it is. So this is very much a, a live and, and active case still to this day while we're covering it. Now, in September of 2021, last year, Matthew Vandy Castile, who, again, he was already in prison, he entered a no-contest plea on charges of being an accessory to murder, false imprisonment, and felony possession of a firearm. He also admitted to a robbery he had committed in Washington in return for a four-year sentence on all of those charges. And remember, he agreed to testify at the upcoming trial of Matthew Queen, the trial that we are it has either started by the time this hits your earballs or it is in the process of starting. So we will be interested to hear what Matthew Vandy Castile's testimony is against Matthew Queen. Now, Caleb Sealer, the guy that was threatened by Matthew Queen uh, at gunpoint, he's in his own trouble. And this is because he was engaged in all kinds of illegal activities with Matthew Queen. In October of 2021, he pled no contest to possession of a firearm by a felon. And in June of 2021, th this is stemming from an incident in June of 2021 when probation officers found a short-barreled AR-15 style rifle, two 9mm handgun frames, two silencers, ammunition and high capacity magazine in Caleb's home. And of course, as a felon, he's prohibited from having any of these items. I would like to commend the probation officers for checking in on this guy. A lot of times these guys, they, they go off to prison or they get probation and they might have to go check in with their PO. But a lot of times the POs are not doing house checks and I don't know what exactly led the, the probation officers to Caleb in this incident, but I like when I hear that POs are going to going to the, uh, the individuals out on probation, going to their homes and checking in on them in, in their own setting. Now, Matthew's, as the captain pointed out, Matthew Queen's trial was originally scheduled to start February 28th, 2022. Um, there has been a recent hearing that may have changed that may change this date. So we're kind of waiting for this thing to fully kick off here. Uh, and, and just a buyer beware that when you're listening to this, 
Again, his trial may have already started by the time that this hits your earballs. Now, Matthew Queen, unfortunately, you know, the captain and I don't mind a little prison justice, but Matthew Queen to me seems like the type of guy that will thrive in prison and may even have some connections already, may already have some friends before he even gets there. Well, rumor has it he has very soft hands. As for the Bakersfield Three Moms, the news that one of the kids was alleged to have killed another, you know, with the Bailey being involved in Micah's death. Yeah. Thankfully, it, it did not tear the group apart. Right. You know, they, they're a united group. They're going through something together. None of them signed up for this. They're still victims. None of these moms, none of these parents, none of these families signed up for this. They're all finding themselves in a situation that no one would sign up for. And I'm very glad to report that it seems that none of this information has torn them apart from one another. They remain strong. They made a video together thanking everyone for their support. This case is finally coming to an end, getting some closure here. The charity they formed together, it's called the Bakersfield Three Charity. They worked with the Kern County Board of Supervisors to provide $17,000 towards new sonar equipment for the Kern County Sheriff's Office and Search and Rescue Unit. Right. The three moms told ABC 23 that their mission is to bring victims of violent crimes, missing persons, and their families together to build hope and strengthen Kern County through community engagement and victim advocacy. Now, sadly, Captain, you know, we're often asked to give our opinion and give our conclusion and our final thoughts on these cases. And really what I see here, long story short to me, it's a very sad situation that I'm sure is unfortunately repeated in other great cities throughout this great nation. But here I see all indications that point to three individuals that came from good backgrounds and had their whole lives ahead of them. And they were leading good lives at one point, but they got mixed up in drugs and became seriously addicted to opiates and or meth meth addictions that led to their associations with some psychopathic hardcore criminals. Yeah. And you feel bad for the parents because they, they raised these kids essentially. And then and at some point there are good people. They're on the right path. Then they get hooked on pain pills, which leads them to become drug addicts. And that sends them down a whole life of, uh, criminal activity and and you just feel bad because they, they didn't have a chance to get better and to do something productive with their lives and live the lives that they were probably meant to live. And just because we have Matthew queen who is facing trial, we need to remind everybody that this thing ain't over, right? We still have Bailey who is missing. We also have James Colstad. No one has been charged in his murder. So the police still need your help, still need information from the public. And look, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but it's easy for me to suspect that there's probably other individuals that are involved in this overall situation. But you're a tool. And again, a lot of those individuals, as you've seen, as we go through name after name after name, they're all involved in lengthy months and years of criminal activity. There's a lot of bad people in this story. 
And the police still need your help. This community needs your help in getting these bad people off of the streets. So if anybody has any information, this case is not over. James Colstead's murder, not solved. Nobody charged. The secret witness hotline is still available for you to submit information. There is a reward in this case. And I urge anybody with information, now's the time to come forward. The threat has diminished. The threat is a lot less than it used to be. Please call 661-322-4040. want to thank everybody for listening thanks for joining us here in the garage thanks for being our friends and thanks for smelling so good you smell like flowers colonel do we have any recommended reading this week this week we are recommending the latest from one of my favorite true crime authors and of course longtime friend of the show i'm talking about author brian whitney brian has several great true crime books out there for you to check out but pick up his latest it's titled storefront sting An ATF agent's life undercover. The ATF agent is badass Lou Velozzi. This book is about a fictitious business run by undercover agents that enable the ATF to infiltrate major criminal organizations and carry out secret operations. Many of you will remember author Brian Whitney from his other books, Supreme Gentleman Killer, My Son the Killer, The Shawcross Letters, and the son of Sam and me. Brian has been a guest several times on the nastiest show on any radio dial. That, of course, is the True Crime Garage Off the Record podcast that's available on Stitcher Premium. Check out all of Brian's work, including his new book, Storefront Sting, available in Kindle and paperback. And until next week, be good, be kind, and don't, don't litter. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.